the opening movement of the symphony number no. 22 in E flat, nicknamed the Philosopher. In some of these earlier symphonies, Haydn uses a flute, but for the most part he writes for two oboes, bassoon, two horns, and strings. When the work was for some specially grand or festive occasion, he also added trumpets, but it was a long time before these became standard. However well Haydn adjusted to his new life, and he was good at making the best of most things, it must have been a real hardship for a man of his convivial temperament to be so isolated. True, he was one of the few musicians to be allowed married quarters, but that was cold comfort. His wife was no companion to him, nor he to her, it has to be said, and he was specifically forbidden, remember, by contract to become too friendly with the other musicians. Outside music he had few interests. His education, after all, had been highly specialized from his boyhood, and he wasn't naturally at ease with the nobility. Nor would they have wanted him to be. Characteristically, he tried to develop other interests, but, as Griesinger hints, there was more will than pleasure in it. Hunting and fishing were Haydn's principal pastimes during his long stay in Hungary, and he never forgot that he once brought down with one shot three hazel hens, which appeared on the table of the Empress Maria Theresa. Another time he aimed at a hare, but only shot off his tail, though at the same time he managed to kill a pheasant that happened to be close by. His dog, however, was less fortunate. In pursuit of the abbreviated hare, it strangled itself in a snare. In riding, Haydn developed no skill, because after he had fallen from a horse on the Mortzin estates, he never again trusted himself to mount. Even Mozart, who liked riding horseback for exercise, was always made fearfully anxious by it. Haydn's constant concern for his musicians at Eisenstadt and Esterhatz reached a kind of climax in the year 1772. On the 9th of January we find him writing to the princely secretary Anton Shevstos, one of the officials who was in more or less constant communication with the prince, unlike Haydn, who would have had to arrange a formal interview for each individual request. Eisenstadt, 9th of January, 1772 Nobly born and highly respected Monsieur Shevstos, you have my grateful thanks for all your kind efforts on behalf of my wishes, the fulfillment of which is the result of your intercession for me. I would have thanked you long ago and acknowledged my indebtedness if it were not and had not been prevented by illness. Dearest Monsieur Chefstos, please also help Martin Marteau through your kindness to get the six cords of wood, thirty pounds of candles, and thirty gulden lodging money, which should be his, and which His Highness promised me to give him. The mistake in this case lies in his contract, according to which he is to receive the same allowance as Lidl, although even in Lidl's contract there is no mention of the thirty pounds of candles, which I assure you, on my honour, His Highness agreed to grant him. Apart from this, please present my respectful compliments to your wife and the Weigel family, to whom I shall write shortly, and to all other good friends. And I remain, with all respect, noble sir, your obedient servant, Joseph Haydn. The letter got almost instantaneous results. On the 14th of January, the prince issued a decree granting the desired items to Marteau. Meanwhile, though, there was a small but ominous little note from the regent Raye to the prince. 
Eisenstadt, 10th of January, 1772. I have communicated to all the musicians, by word of mouth, your high order of the eighth, that none of the wives and children of the musicians, except for the wives of Haydn, Fribert, Dichtler, Cellini, and Tomasini, are to be allowed to be seen at Esterhart's, and there was no one who did not agree to the terms of that high order. For all its grandeur, the main problem at Esterhart's was lack of space. If the prince were to have a regular season of a dozen actors and actresses, there'd hardly be room for all the wives and children of the musicians as well. So for the duration of their duties at Esterhart's, the musicians were forcibly separated from their families, not a situation conducive to the highest morale. As this was a delicate matter, Haydn chose to present it to the prince in a singularly delicate manner. At the end of the F-sharp minor symphony, some of which...